Welcome to the Hughes of Leadership podcast, where we dive deep into the many prominent aspects of leadership. How does leadership show up in each of us, and how do we seek to have a positive influence on the lives of others? Just like Hughes vary, so does how we show up as leaders and how we may flex different hues depending on the moment, the task at hand, or the individual or team we're engaging. What hues are you using today, and which will you seek to further develop? I'm your host, DJ Menifee, a Chief Enrollment Officer and Leadership Practitioner in Higher Education, and I look forward to diving into the hues of leadership with our guests. In Season 2, we'll focus on extraordinary, impactful leadership moments, specifically those that played a critical role in shaping the leader our guest has become or continues to become. Season 2 is inspired by the book, The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath, why certain experiences have extraordinary impact. I highly recommend it if you've not had a chance to check it out. So let's get into the main portion of the show where we introduce our guest. Our guest is the CEO at SOAR Detroit, a nonprofit organization focused on improving literacy rates for second and third graders in the city of Detroit, Michigan. He also has served as a high school principal at the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy in Detroit, Michigan. From a service perspective, he currently serves as the chair of the board of directors for the Midwest nonprofit Black Male Educators Alliance, an organization focused on recruiting, retaining, and developing Black male educators and also serves as an engineer in the Army National Guard. And just in case you thought you can keep up, he's also a three-time All-American in track and field. So without further ado, let me welcome my brother to the show, Russell Harris. What's up, bro? What's up, brother? How you feeling? I'm feeling better having you on the show, man. And uh, I hope uh, amongst all the things God has been able to bless you with, that that, that intro was was somewhat fitting for you. Oh man, you you second to none. You're you're phenomenal when it comes to intros. I appreciate you. Russell and I uh, have a mutual connection, which is my queen, my wife. They they went to school together. Uh, in terms of of Wartburg, uh, shout out to Wartburg as an institution over in in Iowa. And also earlier in our careers, we both were uh, admission professionals serving the Chicagoland area, uh, and have been able to stay connected since that time. And so I've been able to to, to see from afar his his journey. Uh, the impact he's been able to have on those around him uh, and and want to make sure that we have an opportunity to share that story with our with our audience. So I'm looking forward to our conversation. Likewise, likewise. And, and just to add, I mean, you know, we've been friends for it's, it seems so long, 13, 14 years. Right. And I've been able to watch you, you know, uh, and, and the, the way you've moved and the way you've leveled up and the way you've taken care of your family and those things. So I think uh, the, the, the respect is mutual for sure. Fantastic. Well, listen, Russ, man, we've had a chance to connect on the topics and uh, I was moved uh, when I was able to see kind of what you had in store for for our audience. And so we've got three leadership moments for you all. And so I'm going to get ready to start unpacking them by getting to the first leadership moment. Okay, so the first leadership moment that that Russell wants to, to unpack for us is being a leader requires faith. So, Russell, I'm going to turn the keys over to you and uh, tell us a little bit about the story that connects to that theme uh, and how it's impacted you as a leader. Absolutely. Yeah. So being a leader requires faith, right? And uh, it, it reminds me of a story of some of the more prominent people in the Bible. But uh, first and foremost, one of my favorite stories uh, is the whole uh, David and Goliath uh, uh, story. How uh, David, who who was a, a farmer, who was a, you know, he, he herded sheep. He was, he was considered the help uh, a guy who wasn't built like uh, a soldier, a guy who, you know, for all for all means, just wasn't considered 
to be a warrior. Uh, he's the guy who uh, stood up to the giant Goliath. And in the Bible, he's considered to be uh, taller than any man had ever been at that time. They they said he was he was not a nine footer, right? Yeah, uh, imagine a nine footer, uh, over three hundred pound guy. He took him out from that. He became he became king and he became uh, a leader of their of, of their army. Um, and what that means to me, being a leader, um, the faith that it takes, it's being able to see the thing before it's even a thing, right? Right. So so sometimes as leaders like. You know, we're, we're required to set the vision uh, for the organization. We're required to uh, set the vision for our team. We're required to, to, to see the thing before others see it. And in order for us to be able to see the thing, we got to have faith in our capabilities. We got to have faith in, in whatever the thing that's not there yet. Uh, we got to have faith in knowing that it, it will come to pass. It's going to happen. Um, it, we might not have all the tools in our toolbox at the time. We might not have, you know, the, you know, the right team just yet. We might not even have the exact plan yet. Uh, but it's, it's knowing that at the end of the day, uh, the vision will come to pass. And, and, and that's just one of my favorite, you know, favorite stories about uh, one of the leaders in the Bible. They, I mean, there's so many we can speak on. Even Moses, right? You know, he had the, the staff, you know, the, the, the stick that you put in the water and, and turned the water into to blood. And then later with the same stick, parted the Red Sea. Can you imagine that type of faith that it requires for you to have a stick put in the water and not even question what's going to happen? You just know something's going to happen. Like that's the type of boldness. Like that's the type of faith uh, it requires to be a a, a good leader. Um, just courageous faith. Just go out and do and expect. Man, so so one. Thank you for introducing us, me included, into this journey through um, some narratives in the Bible. David slaying Goliath, and also moving into the the visual of of Moses, who with God's hand, uh, with God's impact, uh, was able to do amazing things that that others from a from a hindsight perspective wouldn't have believed. I think one of the pieces I appreciate you about bringing up the the narrative and having faith is it's kind of twofold, right? It's one that you have to have the faith in yourself um, and have that sense of belief, specifically if you are a, in this example, a Christ follower, uh, a believer, um, and, and navigating that process for yourself. The other piece from a leadership lens is also those that are, that are in a position to follow you, to implement your vision, also over time uh, have to bestow faith in you. They have to Absolutely. believe in you. And so I appreciate being able to unpack that for our audience, because again, we're, we're talking about those two aspects in one, um, the type of faith it requires to navigate challenges we can see and those that are unforeseen, right? When I think about the pandemic and, and folks not really being prepared to navigate that uh, and navigating their teams and their households, uh, their mm -hmm. families through that, um, yep. and, and how many people needed to to truly rely on their faith to to get through that. No different than anything else that may kind of come in the future, right? There are things that are always going to be unknown, um, but what you you can rely on is, is, is having faith or a sense of belief uh, based on however you are wired and oriented. Uh, I know just from our dialogue together, we both are our Christ followers. And so 
we can rely on that. But I want to be understanding that everybody who's in the audience may not be, and that's okay. But we still going to talk about it today on the show. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But whatever or whoever you follow, Amen to that. Uh, but you know, for me, uh, I've I've been blessed to be able to to be blessed by 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 God, um, and I understand his his role in my life and how he's helped me just navigate this life, uh, which is which is so important to me and my family. So, Amen, Amen. So we're going to pivot, Russell, to the second leadership moment. And the second leadership moment uh, is under the theme of courage and curiosity. So again, I'm going to turn the keys over to you. Walk us through uh, a narrative that that aligns with that theme and, and how has that shown up for you as a leader? Absolutely. Um, it's one of the stories that stick out for me around, uh, you know, leadership and courage and curiosity. It's a, a personal story for me where I'd been working in the admissions world I don't know, for three years, uh, four years, and I had an opportunity to uh, go and, and study business um, at Stanford. And um, while I was away at Stanford, I was being recruited to, to come to Detroit and to work in education um, as, a, as a leader in education here in the city. And at the time, everyone that I knew who lived in Detroit were, were leaving the city. Right. Uh, they were going through a bankruptcy uh, at the time, and it just wasn't a pleasant place to be. The leader that brought me to Detroit was a guy who had so much faith, so much courage, so much love for the city uh, that he swayed me. I mean, like during the time where schools were closing, he opened a school. Right. And during the time where uh, uh, at the t- actually at the time, the, the, the school district was being sued by their own students. They opened a school and not only was it open, it was a high, it became a high performance school. You know, I moved here to Michigan uh, back, back then and I, I got into education and I had no experience being a teacher. Um, but one of the things that I learned was that um, if, if I was curious and willing to learn and, you know, willing to, to, to just roll up my sleeves and do the work, um, that eventually I'll figure it out. So at the age of 25, I, I was I, after two years of working in education as an assistant principal, I was named a uh, school leader, school principal of a, of a school here in Detroit. Um, and we became the highest performing charter school, open enrollment charter school in the city at that time. And it brought me back to the thought of like the courage it took for a 25 year old who, you know, most of my staff was older than me uh, in some cases by decades and had way more experience than me. It took courage for me to stand out and understand that although I don't know, I'll figure it out, you know, and then having the curiosity to to actually learn and figure things out. Um, sometimes as leaders, you know, some, we have to be bold and, and, and stick to our plan. I mean, we have to have our uh, enough courage to stick to a plan, even when others don't see the path that we see. Um, and I think uh, for me personally, you know, especially early in my career, um, there are times where, I, you know, I, I had a plan and sometimes folks didn't understand it. Um, and I had to put my foot down and stick to the plan and get people to to, to stay with us and, 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 and see the plan. Um, so I say all that to say uh, one of my one of my actually um, he's, he's my mentor. His name is uh, Sean Dove. He has a, a saying that has stuck with me for the last 10 years. He, he'd say uh, the cavalry isn't coming. Uh, we are the iconic leaders. And, and what that means to me is like, 
no one's coming to say as a leader that is, is lonely at the top. No one's coming to save you. Like you are what you need to be, not only for yourself, uh, but for others. Um, so you have to believe and you have to have the courage to, to, to understand it and be that. Um, and then you have to be willing to be a lifelong learner, um, willing to, to figure things out, um, get obsessed with figuring out solutions. And, and, and that's what that's what makes you a courageous and a curious leader. Yeah. So it was interesting right where you ended was one of the first notes I wrote as I was listening to your your story and perspective was kind of this value of, of lifelong learning. And again, given it's 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 one of my strengths in the top five from a Gallup survey perspective, it's one that I, I often am attracted to and I see most frequently, but also understand how much of that can be of value when sometimes we are put in these leadership positions, not because we have all the expertise and everything we're going to oversee, but that we've got some uh, strong leadership traits that says, regardless of our level of knowledge, we have the ability to craft a vision, cast a vision and, and move people forward. So that was one of the pieces that stood out. The other pieces you were describing, you know, this mentor um, and, and trying to connect it to to leadership frameworks was not only the love for, but the investment in community. And so wherever we are, uh, whatever organizations we're responsible for leading, um, that can be a physical community, that could be a virtual community, but but just thinking about what it means to have that type of love uh, for an investment in a community, even when you have all these other signals, as you're referring to what was happening in Detroit at that time, even if you have these other signals that say otherwise, because others are making alternative decisions, yeah. sticking with it um, is, is something that really, really stood out to me. The other piece that you referenced that I wanted to pull out as a threat for the audience was this notion of, of leading across generations, uh, right? So many of us uh, who have been blessed to to walk a journey in a leadership capacity and, and, and specific through the organizational structure where we may have a higher position and we've got other people that are direct reports. At times, we're going to be in positions to lead people that have more years of service uh, than we do. And sometimes they may or may not be supportive initially. Sometimes that can have an impact on us in terms of uh, what we know as imposter syndrome, because we're like, man, some, somebody yes. said I was the guy, but am I am I really the guy? Uh, yes. And and so I just wanted to make sure I was, I was highlighting those pieces because those stood out to me. And, and the last one I want to highlight is, is kudos to you and those other members of that community that were a part of leading uh, that charter school. For Any sure. time there's that that opportunity for progress and supporting um, our students that, that oftentimes are marginalized, uh, their voices aren't lifted up, um, and, and the system in itself at times isn't really made for them to, to be successful and to strive you all found a, a way to, to do that for our young people. And so I want to make sure that that in this space, I'm lifting you uh, and the members of that team up in that space, because that's that's awesome. I appreciate that. It, it you know, it takes a village, you know, and the whole concept around community is really village. Everyone knows their role. Everyone is supporting. Everyone is moving toward, rowing towards the same direction. You know, folks, we are here. We are at number three. And, and the third theme in, in terms of leadership moments is under the auspice of perseverance. Uh, and so again, uh, Russell, I'm going turn the keys over to you for you to unpack this for us in terms of the narrative and also how it shows up for you as a leader. Yes, yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, in terms of perseverance. Uh, if you're a Rocky fan, you know uh, Rocky wasn't the greatest boxer. He was someone who just had a 
unbelievable amount of endurance, right? He he could take, he can he had a strong chin. He could take, he could take hits. Um, and one of the things we must realize as leaders is that it's inevitable for us to fail. Like we're going to fail at something. Um, one that one of my favorite stories, um, just as a leader, uh, was was learning how to um, and you kind of alluded to it, this uh, DJ, me being a uh, three-time All-American in track and field. Well, my event was the hurdles, right? The 110s, the 60 hurdles is a sprint. And as a hurdler, you have barriers in front of you that you need to figure out how to get over, how to get to a finish line with these barriers in front of you. And uh, as a hurdler, um, you realize that although you have a barrier in front of you, the main focus is the finish line. Uh, you're going as a hurdler, you're going to fall. Um, and there were many times that I, I clipped a hurdle and I fell. And there were times where I might've clipped or hit a hurdle and it might, I might've stumbled and you, you get back up and you, you, you keep running. And, and I think that uh, has in so many ways related to my life as a, as a, or I should say my career as a leader, right? There, there are times where <laughs> I failed and I failed miserably. If you're a great leader, you've, you've failed at something. You know, it, it might be a way that you frame the conversation. It might be, you know, you forecasting your budget for it, who knows. Um, uh, but it's our job to stay focused on the end goal, right? Uh, keep our mind focused on the finish line. And one of my favorite verses uh, from the Bible is um, the race isn't given to the swift. Uh, but to those who can persevere, to those who can endure. Um, so we just need to realize that it's it's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. This is a endurance race. It's a marathon. And uh, as leaders, it's our job to to stay focused, regardless of the adversity, stay focused on the end game, the end goal. I appreciate the Rocky reference. Uh, <laughs> as you introduced it, it made me think about one of the, the latter movies, uh, so we're not talking Clover Lang days by any means, <laughs> but he was talking to his son who had grown up and his son was a little agitated about him getting back into the boxing ring. And and as he was trying to find himself, he felt like his his pops, Rocky, was taking some light from him. And, and within that that speech, he talked about navigating adversity, taking the hits and being able to get back up. And so yep. that's what I was thinking of as you were sharing that that narrative you know, specifically around um, navigating adversity, um, it's always going to be there. It's no different than always having strategies and tactics to implement. There's always going to be these these moments of adversity that we're trying to navigate and overcome. And I also want to bring up the, the piece you, you reference about failure. You know, I think at times the world can perceive that leaders have to be perfect. And mm. because of that, having a failure uh, on your record uh, is is at times maybe perceived as a huge blemish, but I and and I assume you just as you've shared it believe that sometimes our greatest lessons come from the times when we failed. When I think about that, also I would go to the next piece, which is I think a part of leadership is is being able to acknowledge when you failed in front of your people. Um, I good. think sometimes when we make mistakes, you know, sometimes you can say, Emily, just come over that. Let's let's highlight some other things and and it won't be it won't be big and won't be seen. But I feel like our 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 people that are in our care see us much more as human beings. Um, and there's a broader emotional connection for when we're able to say, you know what, my bad. You know what? Yeah. 
that calculated risk I, I, I challenged us to take didn't quite work out. But then am I willing or are we willing as leaders to say, and here's what I've learned from that experience. Here's how we can move forward. And to me, that's where the true test comes. The next initiative that comes around, the next uh, strategy, the next calculated risk moment. Will the people that are in our care see that we've grown from the last opportunity? Um, mm. Will they see that we've grown for the last experience? Uh, will they see that we've grown from the last challenge? And so I, I would just end with this recognition and appreciation for your reference to the hurdles, uh, metaphorically speaking, because you know sometimes the 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 challenges are just like that 60 or that 110, because while I was never a hurdler, those those hurdles are at a set distance, a consistent distance. Absolutely. And so within our, our work and within the roles of leadership, there are those consistent barriers that we'll navigate in addition to those surprise ones, right? <laughs> and, and again, I think all of them can help build us up um, and strengthen us in terms of experience while not acting as though leadership requires perfection. That's so good, so good, yeah, we're not. We're not perfect um, and we shouldn't act like we're perfect because the people, as you referenced, the people that we're responsible for, the people that are in our care, they can snuff that stuff out. You get me? Like, you come on. Like, we know we know that you go through things too. Um, and yeah, so it's our job to just be transparent, uh, to be to be real um, and yeah, and, and understand that we're not perfect. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So, so audience, we've had a chance to walk through um, three leadership moments around being a leader requires faith, around courage and curiosity, the value of those pieces. And the last one, which was, I would say, the value of, of persevering uh, amongst the things that we're, we're navigating. And so those were our key uh, leadership moments or impactful moments today. You know, as we get ready to transition to the close, Russell, I want to give you an opportunity. And you've shared a couple of different quotes and a couple of different references to the Bible that that uh, stick with you. Uh, but as we support our, our guests in navigating their own leadership journeys, are there any words of wisdom that you would want to, you know, share with them in this moment uh, as they continue to to put on the armor each day uh, and continue to develop and sharpen themselves as leaders, not only for themselves, but for their household and families they're leading or co-leading uh, and for their, their places of employment in any other aspect, including service. Absolutely. I see you with the uh, Bible, the Bible quote as well, <laughs> put the armor on. Um, yeah, you know, for me, that, so I, I talked about a few Bible quotes, but one of my favorite African Proverbs is um, two ropes intertwined cannot be easily broken, which means although we are leaders, we need to be in agreement. We need to be on the same on the same wavelength. We need to be uh, on the same page as as someone else. And when you and someone else, whether it's your team, whether it's your COO, whether whoever it might be, when you're on the same page, you're rolling the same way. It's almost impossible to, to stop you. When you believe, when you have the same vision and you're rolling in the same direction, it can't be stopped. So it's easier for you to persevere. Get you a get you a village, right? Get you a support system, uh, and 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 get on the same get on the same page. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing. And and again, uh, as soon as you said it, I went straight to the movie. So if you've not seen the movie, not easily broken. I'm a big fan, uh, specifically in terms of thinking about how the beginning of the movie is very 
critical about the brands of rope and really talking about in terms of a, of a marriage um, that it won't be easily broken if, if God is that cornerstone, if God is that foundation. And so as I'm thinking about it in terms of this, I do want to make sure we acknowledge that leadership in terms of for-profit or nonprofit experiences is, is probably the primary audience space here. But but let's not forget that many of us have leadership roles in our homes and we have a significant other that we we are doing this leadership journey with. And with that, you know, again, thinking about that foundation and that cornerstone, it doesn't mean everything will be great. It doesn't mean that that the road will be with without its adversity. Um, but there's always something to hold you together uh, and to keep you focused on on the vision and the journey at hand. And when I think about the workspace, I see that that strand um, in a couple of different areas. It could be the cornerstone of values. <laughs> it could be the cornerstone of purpose. Um, yeah. It could be the cornerstone of culture. Like as you think about some of these foundational blocks, um, oftentimes they're they're what we may call soft skills or soft things. But I, I truly feel like without them, when things get hard, that's when we're tested the most. And those those are the instances where those 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 pieces show up so valuably uh, in our space. So you know, I appreciate you kind of leaving our audience with that because that's that's an amazing work. Appreciate it, no doubt. So thank you for taking your time, man, with us today to share your your wisdom, the time to to bless our audience with the ways in which you think about leadership, again, through those key themes of of requiring faith, courage and curiosity and perseverance. You know, I want to wish you all the luck um, and we will continue to pray for you and your family um, as you continue to navigate the roles that you have, whether it's for Sword Detroit, whether it's uh, in the National Guard, whether it's with uh, your role on, on the board for for the Black Male uh, Excellence uh, Organization, continue to have an amazing impact on the lives of others. Um, I think you you are a great example of what it means to be selfless and to, and to show that through your work uh, and your acts. So again, thank you, my brother. Uh, I appreciate you for having me, you know, keeping the family lifted in prayer and uh, looking forward to reconnecting soon. Will do. Will do. So to our guests, as you transition to work or home from work, as you head into lunch or transitioning between meetings, as you transition into professional development time you have for yourself each day or each week, or as you transition between the work and the time with yourself and loved ones, let's reflect on and consider incorporating what we've learned through these extraordinary, impactful leadership moments into our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Hughes of Leadership podcast. And remember to ask yourself, What hues will I use today and which will I seek to further develop? Thank you.